0: You know, Christian community is vital to your spiritual success. You will never thrive as a follower of Jesus until you intentionally surround yourself with other followers of Jesus who can encourage you, build, you, build, up, build up your faith, set an example for you, challenge you, pray with you, and both teach you as well as learn from you, right? So it's a give and take. It's, it's like all these things I just mentioned here are the things that are the benefit that, that other Christians— you know, bring to you when you're engaged in, in, the, in the family, but these are also things that you do and things that you provide to other people in the church. And so this thought right here, it completely tears down this, uh, I think what has become all too common, where church is, is, just, is just very consumeristic. It's, you know, I'm going for what I get out of it, but we are meant to come together as a family on a Sunday with more of a mindset of like, what do people need from me today? Like, what am I supposed to bring? What does my family need from me? Not just do I need a good sermon today that can encourage me and pull me out of, you know, whatever, you know, I went through this past week, or I need, I need a great song today to kind of lift my spirit. It's not just what you get out of it. It's also about what you can bring to your family, what they can benefit from you. Well, hey, we are uh, gathering, as we've said, uh, for a fifth Sunday celebration. And uh, this is a new thing around here. But our plan going forward is that every time there is a month that has a fifth Sunday in it, we are going to celebrate. Uh, We are going to have some fun. We're going to eat some food. And together, we are going to come together to build a family culture here at this church. Now, I need you to listen to me very, very carefully, okay? Very carefully. I need you to understand, like really understand that church, it's so much more than listening to a sermon and singing some songs, right? So much more than that. Uh, Church is a family, And it is a place to belong, all right? And so, you know, the vision of our church, we've mentioned it before, but um, the vision of our church is broken out into six different pillars that kind of underpin and and prop up, like, everything we're about and everything we we try to do around here, you know, is derived from that vision. The third pillar of our vision is that we want to be a church that creates a healthy community culture, meaning we want to do church as a family, that's what we want to do, and, and, you know, a vision, anybody who knows, you've ever come up with a vision, you know that like a vision, it, it, the purpose of a vision isn't to get you to where you are, it's to get you to where you want to go, right? And so we want to take intentional steps around our vision to create a healthy community culture, to do church as a family, and so Fifth Sundays, you know, going forward are going to be uniquely and intentionally different than all of the other Sundays, you know, throughout the year, uh, they, they are going to be designed on purpose to lean all of us very hard into this value of doing church as a family, okay? So let me just say, if, if you're a guest with us this morning, uh, welcome. Uh, uh, you know, forewarning, it's going to be a little bit different around here today, and, and that's, that's all right. I'm really glad that you're here with us, that you're, you're joining uh, with us today. Uh, complete honesty the guests that we have this morning and the ones that we will have at future Fifth Sundays are the primary reason why I've had hesitation of even moving to this format. I just thought, man, well, what's their experience going to be like? And so, you know, the more I prayed about that and the more I, I thought about it and talked to our staff and our elders about this, uh, the more I actually started to become convinced that this might actually be the best Sunday for someone to visit our church. Uh, there's a lot of content we've, we've produced over the years that's available online. You can go back and listen to previous sermons. Uh, you can go very easily onto our website or onto like, our, our Facebook page and figure out pretty quickly what our services each weekend are typically like on a normal week. But if you visit church on a day like this, you can experience firsthand the kind of culture that we're trying to create here. And so if you're a guest, I hope you feel welcome. But I hope you feel like part of the family too. Uh, we're so glad that you're here today, right? So what I want to do for just a few minutes before we get into like, what I would say is like the really good stuff um, I want to just kind of speak to this idea of, of, of doing church as a family. Like, why do we want to do this? Like, why is this something that we are intentionally trying to build around? Um, engage with this thought with me on the screen. Like, we want to do this because the idea of being a family is central to God's design for the church. Right? It's central to God's design for the church. A lot of people have misunderstandings of what the church is. You know, a lot of, like, like we've, we've kind of talked about in recent weeks, a lot of people think of the church as just simply like a location or a building a place you go to, uh, a, lot, a lot of people think that, that church is, is, you know, steeples and hymnals and robes, and they think that church is, you know, um, a, a message or a sermon or a band or, or whatever, and it's really not. Church is a family, and it's a place to belong. And so um, we believe that, that the idea of being a family is central to God's design for the church, that these, these family-level friendships are the kinds of relationships we're meant to build within the body of Christ, How many of y'all know that when you have a family-level friendship, that's where you can be real. That's where you can be authentic. That's where masks aren't necessary, right? Like when you have family-level friendships, that's where you can know and be known, right? There's no... There's no, uh, you know, fear of being known. There's, there's this place where you can, you can understand other people and their journey, and they can understand you. And, and so we want to push hard into this because we believe that vital to your, to your success as a follower of Jesus is building these kind of family-level relationships, these family-level friendships. I like what C.S. Lewis says. He says that friendship is born at that moment when one person says to another, what, you too? I thought I was the only one, you know? And, uh, I love that because, you know, the odds are that in this church this morning, there is somebody else who can relate to your story, that you are not the only one. We want to do church as a family because I believe that we are not designed to follow Jesus by ourselves. But the challenge, right, is that we live in a world that applauds independence and radical individualism so much so that you and I are inundated every single day with a cultural message that tells us To find our identity in the things that set us apart, the things that that make us different. Rather than in the things that bring us together, we are told to find our identity in the things that set us apart, like our sexuality, or our politics, or race, whatever it is. And the message looks like this. It's you do you, just do whatever makes you happy. The best place to find yourself is to look deep within yourself, right? That's the cultural message. And I think, you know, it's just become my belief in, in recent years, and and we've talked about this as a leadership team, we've talked about this as a staff, that this message of independence and radical individualism has caused many of us in the church to drift really far away from the heart of God and the kind of experience we're meant to have in, in church, with the church. Why, why is that? Why, why, have, why, why is it that, 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 that many of us have drifted? You know, I would say because God has created us not to be independent, but to be dependent. So there's a cultural message that tells us like, to, to pursue radical individualism and, and independence and to just kind of figure it out on my own. But that's not how God has designed us. That's not how we are meant to follow Jesus. We're not meant to be independent. We are meant to be dependent upon him and upon other brothers and sisters uh, who, who are following Jesus too. Look at this in Romans 12 verse 5. It says, since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other and each of us needs all the others. Okay? John Ortberg says it like this. He says, have you ever consoled or scolded people hurt in human relationships? The satisfaction comes from God alone. So what he's saying here is, like, have you ever talked to somebody who's been, like, deeply wounded by another person and just kind of, like, told them, hey, like, don't worry about them. Like, all you need is God. Have you ever, you ever had that kind of counsel before? Ortberg says, stop. Like, stop telling people that. He says, Adam's fellowship with God was perfect. He's, re- he's referring to the Garden of Eden where Adam walked with God in the cool of the day, they had perfect relationship. He says, Adam's fellowship with God was perfect and God himself declared Adam needed other humans. So, Like Adam and God, like they're walking in the cool of the day, like they have this perfect relationship in, in, in Genesis, right? And, and, and yet God realizes that there's a loneliness in Adam that he, he, he's, you know, what he has in God isn't enough, that he's still incomplete and so he creates other humans. We need each other, okay? We need each other, that's the point. Look at the church in Acts, Acts chapter 2. We kind of look at, at the church in Acts as like the ideal church. We, we look at what we read in the book of Acts and how they function and how they operated as like a, a, such an example and, and how, you know, we want to model, or, or I'm sorry, we want to uh, follow their, their uh, example and uh, take what they've been modeling for us. And so it says in Acts 2.42 that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer And so there's this like, look, I realize we live 2,000 years later. Uh, life is different. I realize, you know, these guys were coming out of Judaism. They were being like, many of them just like cut off from their family because they were, they were following Jesus. And so really all they had was themselves. But I still think that there's an example here in the book of Acts, like about how the church is intended to function as a family, what, that we need each other, right? That there, that, there, that there is a way that we are meant to operate. In fact, we're not meant to follow Jesus in isolation. We're not meant to follow Jesus by ourselves, And so I want you to engage with this thought I have here on the screen as I'm getting ready to kind of wrap up and get into some testimonies. But, you know, Christian community is vital to your spiritual success. You will never thrive as a follower of Jesus until you intentionally surround yourself with other followers of Jesus who can encourage you, build up, build up your faith, set an example for you, challenge you, pray with you, and both teach you as well as learn from you. Right? So it's a give and take. It's, it's like all these things I just mentioned here are the things that are the benefit that, that other Christians you know, bring to you when you're engaged in, in, the, in the family. But these are also things that you do and things that you provide to other people in the church. And so this thought right here, it completely tears down this, uh, I think, what has become all too common where church is, is, just, is just very consumeristic. It's, you know, I'm going for what I get out of it. But we are meant to come together as a family on a Sunday with more of a mindset of like, what do people need from me today? Like, what am I supposed to bring? What does my family need from me? Not just, do I need a good sermon today that can encourage me and pull me out of, you know, whatever, you know, I went through this past week, or I need, I need a great song today to kind of lift my spirit. It's not just what you get out of it. It's also about what you can bring to your family and what they can benefit from you. Romans chapter 12, uh, verse nine, continuing in this chapter, it says, don't pretend to love others, like really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. You could probably develop an entire... Series on that, that verse right there. And then in verse 15, it says, be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. And so this morning, what we're gonna do is we are going to take some time being happy with those who are happy. right? we right, we're gonna, another other translation, uh, it says, rejoice with, the, with those who rejoice. Because we're gonna hear some testimonies of the great things God has done in, in, in people's lives. And, you know, the reason why we do this, you know, sharing a testimony in, in, in a setting like this is, for really, really a few different reasons. One, it brings glory to God, right? We want to, we want to like lift high the name of Jesus. We want to give glory and honor to God. But also, like when you share your testimony, it it, it continues your healing. Like, I don't know if you realize that it it allows you to continue healing even as you're sharing what God's done in you. It kind of finishes the the process. But then it also brings all of us closer together. Like when I hear your story and you hear my story and we start to hear what God has done in you and in others, it brings all of us closer together as. A family, and so sharing some testimonies today are a way to bring us closer together and to give glory to, to all that God has done. Revelation 12, 11 says, they overcame him, talking about the devil, our spiritual enemy, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, right? So this is Jesus on the cross, the lamb who was slain from the foundations of the world, the, 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 the blood of the lamb. They overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. What does this mean? Like we overcome like our spiritual enemy, obviously through the blood shed on the cross. But we also overcome through the power of the testimony. Meaning, like, like I don't know if you've ever been discouraged following Jesus. You ever you, ever, you know walked through some hard times? You, you ever walked through some times where you just like weren't sure how you were gonna overcome, but then you hear somebody else's story? You hear how they walked through something similar, or they went through a hard time and God like brought them through it, and all of a sudden you're like, I think I could do that too. And so we overcome not just through the blood of the cross, like the blood of the lamb that's shed on the cross, like that's the primary way, but we also overcome by encouraging one another in in, in the Lord, by sharing our stories, by helping other people know that like, man, it, it doesn't have to end here. God God can and God will bring you through whatever it is that you're walking through. And so we wanna give time for that today. Uh, a few years ago, some of you might remember, we took some time uh, filming some uh some, some great testimonies around here. We call them the impossible stories. And um, we, we did a series uh, where each week we, we, we showed one of these testimonies. And uh, back then we filmed a, a testimony from a lady in our church called, uh, her name is Pat Evans. And uh, a couple years ago she moved away uh, to, to Fort Dodge, but she was part of our church for a very long time and um, still remains very engaged, like like watches us online all the time. Um, but when we, when we filmed her testimony uh, she wasn't quite ready for us to share it yet. Like, like there's definitely some some things in there that are sensitive, and she just wasn't quite ready. And so we kind of shelved it, decided not to play it. And um, and so December, uh, this this past December, she texts me out of the blue one day. I hadn't talked to her in quite a while. She texts me and she says, "Hey, Pastor Jordan, hope you're doing well. Um, just just wanted to tell you, I think I'm ready, for, for, you know, to share my story." And, and I said, "That's awesome." She's like, "Do you think it'd be all right if I played that on social media for other people to see?" I'm like, "Absolutely." Like. You know, it's your story. go ahead and show that. And so it wasn't uh, until about a month later uh, she texts me and she says, okay, I'm, I'm gonna post it today. I think I'm finally ready I'm gonna post it today. And it ended up being the day before we started 21 days of Prayer and fasting just a few weeks ago. She put it out on on, on Facebook and I'm just like, yes, this is awesome right? And, and uh, seeing what she's doing. I just remember being very uh, excited just not only for her, but like I said, God like like bring the more. like let this be. You know the precursor to the things you want to do over these next three weeks, and so we're going to have uh, you know five people come up and share this morning. And as they get ready to come, I want you to uh, to watch Pat's story.
1: Well, I grew up in a home that everyone thought everything was okay. Um, out, my family was outgoing, at least my mother was, with neighbors and family members and friends. But our normal life as a family was a lie. Um, my dad was an abuser, sexually abused. My mom was an emotional and sometimes physical abuse. My dad uh, sexually assaulted me from age three years up to around 13 and then later on in, um, when I was around 18. My mom, she kept telling me that how much I ruined her life and she repeated that often. It was, it was rough. I got to the point where I hated myself. And I hated God. I hated everything. The first time I thought about suicide was when I was in high school. I then started cutting. Instead of doing this, trying to dull the pain, take the pain away, and make it more of a physical pain. Then I went to college. It was a Bible college in Omaha. I was so much searching for where I belonged, but yet still had that wall that I didn't trust anyone. And it was another way of getting out. And I didn't do good. I actually tried suicide while I was in um, college. And my parents came and yanked me out and that was that. And then again I was looking for a way out. I found a gentleman. I ended up marrying in less than a year. It wasn't true love. I was damaged. And I didn't trust him. And after four years of a rocky marriage, We got divorced. I was suffering really bad from depression. And again, I tried suicide. And I told my ex-husband to take care of the kids for right now. And he ended up going for custody in one because I wasn't mentally stable. I was living on the streets, living with friends, you know, crashing on their couch or whatever for several times not really having much contact with my family, not seeing the kids as much as I should. Probably over the few years, I tried suicide 10, maybe 15 times, being hospitalized, and I didn't understand why it couldn't end. I met with a friend that I hadn't seen for several years. Her and another friend invited me to go to Point of Grace and talk to Lori. And I did, but I was angry. I was angry before I even walked into the, her office. Well, I swore I would not go to church after that, again, because I was so angry. And then I tried, tried suicide again. And I was in lockdown. And lo and behold, who shows up? Lori does. I'm like, and I got to thinking, well. I didn't scare her away the first time. What's what's the deal? And we started talking and and stuff. And a little bit of my anger went away, or I started letting her in. I guess that's best way of putting it. She helped me out of the situation where I was living, where I actually had an apartment, a place of my own, and that hadn't been the case for several years. We went point of grace off and on for a couple years still not still angry very angry at god i always it's like why why does everything happen when i grew up i didn't have what you call real love and i was searching for that acceptance but i didn't know how to reach out lori set up for a couple don and jeannie chapman to come take me to church and we started out going I started going pretty regularly to Point of Grace, and I was like, eh, this is okay, I suppose. And I'd just sit at my table, not talk to anyone, just look around, going, why is anyone talking to me? You know, instead of me reaching out, I expected them to come to me. And it just doesn't work that way. And then when we switched over to New Point Church, Don and Jeannie still were taking me to church. And they were showing kindness and stuff and it was something new to me. I mean, I, I got it from Lori but and I kinda expected that as a pastor. But other people were showing kindness and I was like, this is kinda different. So when we went to New Point at Tuscany, there I was sitting in my little corner. Someone said hi, I said hi. Other than that, I didn't reach out, I wasn't I was still that wall was so, so much, and the anger was still there. Probably one of the best, best things was, Don and Jeannie were at the table, and we were talking about small groups, and Lori's like, you should ask them. I bet you they would let you join their small group. And that took a lot of energy, but I asked. And they're like, oh, sure, why not? Why haven't we had you here before? And so I was like, and so that brought it into a new, a new world of people that weren't judging me. And then I started meeting with Lori Moore. And we talked for a little bit, and we did some things, but then she decided, or she recommended going through Christ's life. And I had heard a little bit about it, but not much. When we first started it, she said it, it'll be difficult. We went clear back to the beginning and relived everything. But I'm, you know, through it, I was dealing with the anger and I was mad at God and I was putting that down and, you know, mad at my mom, mad at my dad. And as the getting close to the end of the first phase, I started seeing a change. I learned that God loved me. That people loved me. And through New Point and through my small group, I found out that I was loved and they showed love. And it was amazing. And the more I was in the small group, the more I'd talk a little bit. You know, that was kind of difficult for me. And I'd start reaching out and I started praying and asking forgiveness and letting God into my life. And Christ's life was helping so much, made the walls come down through the weeks and weeks of, of dealing with the past something that I had never done before I found out He was an amazing, amazing Father and I thank Him every day because without Him I would not be healed and I truly believe I am being healed by God My love and understanding of God is so much clearer He has changed my perspective on life life is wonderful yeah you have pitfalls but he's right there and he changed my way of thinking about people I deal with people totally different than what I used to how I look at it it's I need to reach out to people if I want people to reach out to me I need to reach out to people and by reaching out to people I want them to see what Christ has done in my life how he has changed it to be a better person, a better friend. I have taken the wall down so much thank, because of what Christ has done and realized that people are not there to hurt me. It's not, it was not an easy path. Christ's life is really hard and I wanted to give up many times and I'm so glad that I went th- through it because I don't think I'd be where I am today if it wasn't for Christ's life and the people from this church and my small group showing me what true love is. I'm Pat Evans and I have an impossible story.
2: Come on, come on. And I purposely didn't watch that in advance of today. Cause I just wanted to take it in like all of you were. man, what a powerful story. So many things. I just want to thank Pat for plugging life groups as well. But uh <laughs> yeah, man, just wanna to, to echo what Pastor Jordan said in his, his little message there. It's like who what were the things that got Pat to that point? Yes, we can the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, but it was Lori, right? Not here today in Florida, coincidentally. But you know, the fact that she thought that she could scare Lori off is kind of comical, right? But if you know her. <laughs> But then the other thing is Don and Jeannie who are here, you know, in the back, like their faithfulness. And, man, I had the privilege for several months of getting to pick Pat up on Sunday morning and bring her to church before she moved. And it was just a joy. I didn't know all their story. just. And I'd heard that there were years where she never smiled. And, like, I only knew her as, like, I'd pick her up and she was, like, ready to come to church. And it was just great. So, man, what a powerful, powerful story. What a, man, it's just awesome. Uh, I would just encourage you, you know, if you have Facebook, to reach out to Pat, Pat Evans. Just find her on Facebook and just share, like, what an encouragement that was. I'm sure she'll watch this and hear me say this. But I think, just, uh, just a powerful, you know when you share, maybe how you related to that. So, we've got some more. We're not done. So let me invite uh, the five people. Dennis, you can go ahead and come up on the stage. The other four, if you want to come ahead and take a seat, if you're not like, Steph, you're probably close enough. But everybody else. We're going to have five, uh, it's already on, so we're going to have five different people share this morning, things God's done in their life during the 21 days, and it's varied. It's awesome, and so I'm super appreciative of Dennis and the others that shared with us in advance so that we might be able to celebrate with them. So we're going to kind of do this interview style. I'm just going to ask some questions, try to get to uh, everybody's stories different. Some are longer, some are shorter but just try to get really to the essence of what's going on. So, Dennis, you sent in uh, a testimony, something that you felt like uh, it should be on. should be on. on. Yep, there it is. So, the 21 day, something that happened. So, why don't you take us through just that initial kind of uh, stirring from the spirit that you had. Well, you know, I feel like I'm following Elvis because that was. I I said the same thing. I was like, these people are sharing testimonies. Have to follow that video, you know? Yeah, that's why I had you do it, though. I just I knew you could handle it. I can, know, yeah, you can. So,
3: so, but for um, 21 days, I thought to myself, you know, I see all these amazing stories, and I thought, man, I would love to be able to touch someone in need. And and I know we all do this. We all have amazing stories where it might be friends, family. Uh, co-workers that were all helping, but I thought to myself during this time, I really want the Lord to put someone
2: in my life that is in need that I can help. So you started off 21 days with that in mind. Yes. And then you just began to pray into that kind of? Yep. Every day, you know, I
3: was looking for that. I was praying for that. I kept thinking, you know, hopefully something will come where he'll put
2: someone in my my life. Right. That's an awesome way to start, an awesome prayer just to pray, Uh, just that awareness and attentiveness. So tell us kind of what transpired uh how yeah how it all went down yeah
3: so it was a couple weeks ago and i was over in the quad cities i'm driving back just randomly no big deal and i'd stopped at newton to get gas no i mean we've all done that stop get gas not a big deal so i go in fill up with gas i go to the restroom come back out and this lady gets out of her car and i thought oh gosh she's gonna ask me for directions oh geez just get on google like everybody else will do
2: (laughs) People still ask for directions. I don't know. I I had a a weird feeling she was going to ask for directions. Okay. So she gets out and I can see that she's. I like how you didn't, in that moment, you had no awareness that this might be. Yeah, exactly. Like, ah, (laughs) which is a lot of how we operate, right? So, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. So
3: I can see she's got her husband or somebody in the car with her and she says, excuse me, excuse me. And then she proceeds to tell me that she's from Buxton, Iowa and her and her husband are headed to uh, Mayo Clinic for cancer treatments, and I thought, oh, she wants me to fill up her car with gas. Yeah, I can do that, no problem, you know. And she's like, no, you know, I wanted, I was supposed to take out like 60 or $80 from my bank account, and I didn't, and I need to get him some electrolytes, and and I'm like, oh, okay, okay, okay. I don't have any money on me, let's go inside. And I went inside, went to the ATM, and took some money out, and she followed me inside, got all these electrolytes, and, walked over to her and just handed her the money she needed and she's so so apologetic because she's telling me all this and she says do you want all my contact information so I can repay you and I'm like no no this is my blessing to you and I just walked out I don't know her name she doesn't know my name yeah and I'm driving back and I'm like wow
2: that is it that is the moment yeah man what a powerful story yeah let's give a round of applause for that just that I'll take that from you thanks Dennis yeah just that uh Man, what just that attentiveness to the Spirit, just being willing, and I just, yeah, it's amazing stuff. So that's just a, a lesson, just to always ask and be aware. Sometimes we're just going through life, oh, is going to give me directions, oh, this or that, but there's an opportunity there uh, for us to bless people in radical ways. So just thanks, Dennis, for sharing. So, all right, give us your full name and address, social security number. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So this is Tim. Uh-huh. You guys know Tim. Tim Grubb is our worship leader extraordinaire on lots of ways and many other things so yeah so uh you have a much different testimony to share this morning so by the way none of these people know what questions i'm asking in advance we kept it the suspense for them so yeah we like to make people really nervous so uh just tell us take us back to about the age of 14 yeah to when uh stuff started happening and tell us how that kind of went down for you back then
4: Yeah, so I grew up, and I was, you know, like most kids, I was playing sports and athletic and playing football, and I walked into high school. I was a 175-pound linebacker, and by the end of uh, my freshman season, I was getting sick on the field and and, uh, really not very strong at all, and I had lost, oh, about 40 pounds throughout the time of the season. So I finished freshman football at about 130 pounds.
2: And during that time, are you... Are you going to doctor's appointments? Yeah. So they're trying, they're trying to figure out why is this big, strong kid all yeah. of a sudden getting sick on the field getting and losing all, all this weight? Yeah. At that time, did what was the sort of results? A lot of what tests.
4: A lot of things happened. At, uh, I was confirmed diagnosis with
2: Crohn's disease. Okay. When did that happen? At the, after the season. After the season. So yeah. at age fourteen, freshman year of high school, when you're yep. supposed to be, you know, living life, enjoying life, all these things. Yeah you've lost 40 pounds, you're sick, and you're diagnosed with Crohn's disease. Exactly. Right. And so tell us kind of, we're going to make a big jump here, yeah. but tell us basically from that, that diagnosis point, let's say until just a little bit ago, kind of what was life like in general?
4: Yeah. So uh, I've lived just kind of with a trial and error of what foods I can tolerate, what kind of lifestyle I can tolerate. And it's become like, uh, I don't know, if you ask my wife, I, I eat like a four-year-old at this point. And
2: I give you, know, you our time about like, that. Yeah, Tim has of, like the grilled cheese palate, like, yeah, like chicken the, nuggets. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, the basics. But uh, yeah,
4: so I have completely cut out anything that's fun to cook whatsoever. But uh, I've also like been in the hospital probably no less than ten times. I've had four surgeries, um, just portions of my digestive system taken away, and uh, you know, just outside of that, even just the. Uh, the external things, you know, you see the commercials for Crohn's disease and it's always like the lady running from her minivan to try to go to the bathroom, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's more than that. Like yeah. it makes your body. Is it that specific? Weak. I've never yeah, seen a lady is, running from a weird. minivan. But, yeah, but, but yeah. uh, it makes your body weak and you'd get the shakes and all kinds of things like that. But, okay. But yeah, so that's been life. And then, uh, yeah. Then
2: back in about November, late yep. October, early November, yep. you went into the hospital again. So tell us what was going on there.
4: Yeah. Uh, they... Been doing some x-rays. I hadn't been feeling very good uh, throughout most of last year, really. Okay. So they were doing x-rays and some blood work on me, and at the end of one of the x-rays, they called me, and they were like, hey, you need to go to the hospital. You've got um, free air in your system here, and so there's got to be a perforation within your uh, digestive tract at some place, but they couldn't find it.
2: Which is not a good thing. No. To have it at no. all. So... get out of the hospital, you're feeling like trash, basically, and then um, tell us kind of what happened after that. Yeah, so... Let you tell it, so...
4: um, I was invited to take part in a prayer meeting for healing, and I'd never done that before. Honestly, you know, we've talked in the past about um, praying big prayers, and I'm very, very guilty of, like, just assuming that, well, this is something that I am going to live with, and I... I don't pray big prayers to get rid of it or anything like that. It's just like, God, get me through this moment, you know. And so for the first time in my life, I sat with a group of people and prayed for healing, uh, complete healing. And um, in that moment, you know, with I felt just all of the unbelief and all of the things that I didn't think God wanted to do for me or just wouldn't do. Not that he couldn't do, but he just wasn't going to happen, you know, kind of just stripped away. And ever since that night, I have felt zero pain. I've had no issues whatsoever. Um, And this is, I mean, you're looking at a guy that, like, if I would have a pack of Skittles, I would be like, I can't eat anything else the rest of the day, you know. Or, um, yeah, no pain, no problems. What, I feel amazing.
2: Man, come on. Come on. (laughs) And that was, yeah, it's so good, man. So good. And that was basically like roughly three months ago. So a couple of things I want you to share. Talk about your medication because that's really just a cool thing. So you're feeling great. Feeling
4: great. And... Yep. For the last 12 years, I've been on a a couple of different therapies that I have to take it, like on the clock every eight weeks. And... um, because of all the issues that I had last year, they wanted to kind of alter my medications, which is why I'm going through all these x-rays and all that stuff. And um, I have not been able or needed to have my medicine now for 13
2: and a half weeks. And I Come feel, on. I feel amazing. That's so good, dude. That's so good. That's so good. So, Man. Okay. Yeah. One, you know where I'm going with this next question. Yeah, because this is a story you share with our live group, but it's amazing. So... So Tim, as you said, which I like that you were like, if I have a pack of Skittles, as though like that's like a normal thing for a meal, <laughs> yeah. like a pack of Skittles. That was lunch. <laughs> <laughs> was like, I have eaten lunch with you where you just ordered dessert. Yeah. So I mean, let's go. But I'm all for it. But so you told the story to our life group about um, a, me- a a night that you were at what your your parents, my parents' house, house. where yeah. you in the family. Oh, so tell us about that because that's an yeah. amazing thing. Every
4: other week we go to my mom and dad's house and we have the uh, pizza night with my brothers and sisters and and my parents and.
2: And you normally are like, what, a two slice? I'm
4: like one and a half slice and a breadstick and a a cup of water. Okay, gotcha. And then we're feeling good. That night I had, this is embarrassing. No, it's not. No, it's amazing.
2: (laughs) We're about to destroy tacos. Come on. It's amazing. Yeah, I had
4: like four pieces of pizza, two breadsticks, two wild cherry Pepsis, and a water. (laughs) And then like M&M's later. And And then you and Tristan.
2: and then, and then he wanted to go work out, right? Yeah,
4: I want to go work out. So yeah, we went. I went to the gym. Then you have like a pre-workout, yeah, a pre-workout, and a protein shake when I got home. Yeah, it was stupid. And you felt, <laughs> but you
2: felt totally fine. But I, and I felt. Just fine. And that would have put you like I don't know, I'd have been in, down out maybe in the grave 48 <laughs> like, hours. <laughs> which don't practice that what he ate that night as yeah, like uh check to see if, anyway, so yeah. that's just amazing, man. Yeah. It's such I'm so man, it's just awesome to see. Yeah. And so and you've gained you've gained a bunch of weight back. Yeah. I was yeah.
4: 175 pounds when I went to the hospital in October. I'm 195 pounds then now. And, yeah. Yeah, I feel great. That's feel awesome, amazing. man.
2: Well, yeah. Let's just celebrate that. That's such a radical thing. Thanks, brother. Man. Man, so many good things. One of the things we talked about before these testimonies, you know, this morning, uh, just was that what we're hoping here is that some of the things you're hearing would inspire you, not just that you're rejoicing with Tim, you know, or with whoever else is going to share, but that you're like, man, Tim said that he had really no faith that, you know, but God could do it, but he didn't want to. But maybe if he did it for Tim, he'll do it for me. And that's what we're hoping to is mind shifts, heart changes. So just think of that as we go forward. So I'm going to invite Holly to come up next. You can come on over, over here. All right. So I couldn't find a anybody little kindergartner for you. He, I, I asked Holly if she'd share if her she testimony, an and she was in a really funny them. mood. And she's like, well, I'd be the shortest one. And I said, maybe. <laughs> and she's like, come on. You can't find, like, a kindergartner who had a testimony during the 21 days? <laughs> I said, I, I don't, I'll, I'll work on it. But I couldn't. So, yeah. But it's okay. So... Yeah. Um, So you have, you've had recently uh, some health issues too. Mm -hmm. Take us back to when that started, uh, because I'm not exactly clear on the timeline, but take us back to the beginning of that.
5: It started even before last year. So the spring before last year, I have always battled with allergies and just, it's just been... A nuisance for me and it's just as I continue to age it's just gotten worse and worse and everything and so it just started off with sinusitis had it multiple times no big deal but in the world that we live in now um, you know I also have had a history of pneumonia bronchitis pneumonia because I don't like doctors I don't like slowing down you know My, my time is my time and, and I Who has time been, for, you
2: know, like getting your health checked or right, anything, right? right. <laughs> I get it. I'm, I get it.
5: John so. is so good. He goes, every year, are you going to go this year and get a checkup? I don't need a doctor. No. <laughs> you don't, you don't no, need one. No. no, I don't need one. So so anyway, just going in with this and everything, it turns into what I knew was pneumonia. Okay. But at this point... point, when was
2: that at? The mo- so timeline this for us. And that timeline,
5: that would have been... Last February.
2: Okay, February 2022. So about Mm -hmm. a year ago. Yep, February 2022. So then you have pneumonia, then take us, keep going from there. So
5: have pneumonia, going in, trying to say, I have pneumonia. Can we go in and get something so I can kick this so I can go on with my life? Well, Well, no, it's COVID. Okay. Okay, but I've tested negative for COVID. Every couple of weeks for the rest of the year, testing negative for covid but still saying it's COVID, so not able to get. And still having what I the need. symptoms. And still having these symptoms. And meanwhile, yeah. just getting uh, weaker. Right. And weak is not in my vocabulary. So
2: your strength, physical, your endurance was yeah. just getting knocked down through yeah. 2022. I'm in bed. You're in bed.
5: I'm in bed. Okay. I am discouraged. I'm honestly mad at God. You know, you tell me you have things for me to do and I want to get doing them. Why am I in bed? Mm-hmm.
2: And so Why you had that just decline through 2022. Mm-hmm. And I know that you had to miss a lot of church, which I know you would hate. Yep. And we're going to be able to be involved in ways that you'd want with food distribution and praying for people. Yep. And so that just persisted through most of 2022. Mm-hmm. And so then take us through, you, we had our worship night to yep. kick off the 21 days. So that would have been uh, January 8th, Sunday mm-hmm. night, January 8th. We offered time of prayer and healing. So take us through kind of that from that point forward.
5: So for that, for me, just because of the way I was raised and the way I've um, given myself self-talk, um, you don't go asking. You, you do it in your own strength, and, you know... Yeah, it, you push through. Like you, you push through. Yep, you gut it out. You know? Sure. So to put it in context, my daughter Callie, which a lot of you know, um, ended up with what we now know was a bone fracture. Um, played, she that happened in um, track of spring of one year. She went on to play ball, softball, spring, fall, basketball, again, spring ball, her first day of track, everyone around her running heard the snap, and Yikes. she went down.
2: So the idea in your family is, again, like it's right. you guys were raised a certain so way. We, so we go into yeah. the doctor, and the yeah. doctor
5: is like like, what were you thinking? And she's like, well, Mom said you suck it up.
2: Yeah, right. So that's. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a bone sticking out right here. I mean, just shove that back in and tape it up. You know, they got amazing things, you know, right? But, but
5: it just goes to this is right. Who so I that's
2: have, your mentality, and you yes. show up, and yeah. it's like, yeah. Oh, I'm sure other people need healing.
5: Right, and so I'm not but, gonna want to go. It's a common, my thought is, I'm gonna come, and I'm gonna be praying for people to go forward for God to have that touch, mm-hmm. to touch their lives, so they're so that they can believe. Mm-hmm. And they can change. Mm. They can be less about them, mm-hmm. and, and the cool thing of it is too. All of last year, the times I was able to come to church, my hands are raised and what I'm praying for more, more, mm. more of you, God, more mm. of you. I had no clue at that time that when I humbled myself, yeah, and I went back and you yeah, prayed. Yeah, so you over make me. the
2: walk back, and I happened to be yeah. the one that was available yeah. to be able to pray for you, and so just prayed a prayer of yep. radical healing. Over mm-hmm. you and restoration of energy and, you know, fullness of health and blah, blah, all the good stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. Top of the head to the soles of the feet. is what I yes. pray a lot, right? Yes. And so then after that, you sent me an email like a couple days later just yeah. tell me and tell us where you've been since it would have been 21 days ago. Yeah. So.
5: It has been amazing. Prior to this, um, I couldn't breathe. To pick up a laundry basket, I was having to breathe. To, to stop and chop those vegetables, I'm having to breathe through my mouth. The scary thing of it is, is I, I had the privilege of last year walking with my dad through his last years or last months of life. And um, he died because he couldn't breathe. Okay. And so. so there's a
2: fear element in you. There's a fear feeling, element.
5: I'm not, right. I'm not being able to breathe here. I'm gasping through okay. my mouth, seeing what my dad had done. Um, kind of God saying, you're going to take this serious? Mm-hmm. After you prayed, it took me a day. Again, I'm off on my own. And all of a sudden, I'm like. I'm breathing through my nose. I'm like I'm like normal, and then I'm getting excited, and I'm like I go and I do three loads of laundry.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and you're was, like, which I think that that's like your celebration. I'm gonna do yeah. laundry. <laughs> Tim's like I'm eating a lot of pizza and M Ms and soda. Where <laughs> so <would> I, where <laughs> hey, would I but put you know, but it's a, it's a different thing. I get it. Yeah. So, where would I put all? So, of yeah. That? So you just you noticed after a day, like whoa, like I'm breathing through my nose. I have energy I haven't had, and that's mm-hmm. continued.
5: It has right. continued. I have been strong. Um, we actually, I went to the doctor this last week, and one of the things that uh, she said uh, through this, she said that it threw me into asthma. And I'm like, I've never had right. asthma. Right, Gone. My lungs. She couldn't understand.
2: Yeah, come on. Come on. Yeah, she said your yeah. lungs are clear and didn't know yeah. why. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Man, yeah, let's just celebrate that again with Holly. Yeah, I'll take that. from. Thanks so much for sharing. Yeah, thank you man, it's amazing stuff. Gosh, so good. All right, Steph, make your way up. You got it? All right, look at that. So, all right, so your story, we're, we've got a variety, like I said, it's a little bit different. And so, um, we've talked about this some. So, you kind of came into the 21 days And we talked about some similarities between our personalities, but you came into the 21 days and you were thinking you're going to do what for it, basically? What was your just initial thought?
6: My two things were um, I wanted to, being inspired by both you and Jordan, I wanted to do no food. So I did a liquid diet that was going into it, and shopping. For the
2: record, I didn't do no food this time, but you are talking yeah, about the water Yeah, but I mean, you, you did, last you did your thing. Yes, yes. okay. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> just want to make that clear, because people were like, I saw him eating. What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, he's... No,
6: your last one.
2: <laughs> okay, yeah. my last one, yeah. So, so you wanted to do what? Say that yeah. again. And, and so shopping, shopping and,
6: and, and the no, and they just go on a liquid no diet. No shopping. Yeah, and shopping and is a big thing no. with me.
2: <laughs> no 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 and no food besides just liquids. Right. And so but you had a certain mentality and kind of tell us about that too.
6: Yeah, I um, you know, I went into it to be completely honest with I like to set goals and I like to reach my goals. I'm that kind of a person. And so I thought I'm going to you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going I'm going to you know, so I made the calendar like I was counting down to Christmas yeah. with a black sharpie and I kind of had this go 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 mindset. And like about 5 days in, I just like Crash! I couldn't sleep. I have anxiety. I'm like, what is going on with me? Mm -hmm. And so I came in to, Jordan was up here to the Tuesday at noon Mm -hmm. prayer service. And I was struggling. And it wasn't because I was hungry and wanted to eat. It's just I took away my vices. I took Mm -hmm. away what distracts me. I took Mm -hmm. away what I fill my time with. And I was exposed. And -hmm. and Jordan and I were talking, and, and he even said, like, you feel a little bit lonely. Feel... Exposed, feel you know like you're all by yourself, mm-hmm. and so coming that Tuesday made a huge difference. And then I came Wednesday, we do our do our food um, pantry, and it just kind of set me on this path of surrender. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a I'm it's it's hard for all of us to surrender, for sure. but I'm always um, very independent and very self. I can do it. I can do mm-hmm. it. I can do it. But I couldn't. Like it's mm-hmm. it was something that. I completely leaned in to God for this. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think the first time in my life that I've surrendered to that degree. Mm-hmm. And um, so this morning I woke up, opened my eyes, and I always try to pray right before I get out of bed. And I'm like, we did it. We did it. It's 21 <laughs> days. It. Yeah, like, we yeah, it did, wasn't it. did it. It was and it. And usually I'm like, oh, look what I just yeah, did. Right. But it was total, I know for a fact, that I, I couldn't have done it without him. Yeah. Like it was, I, I felt myself just let go, like physically, spiritually, mentally, let go. And I've battled um, an eating disorder on and off in my life. When I was a teenager, it started. And so food is a very love-hate thing with me. I'm Mm -hmm. Italian. I love to cook. I love to eat. I love to do all that stuff. But it's it's hard to keep that in balance. And so going into this, I was thinking, gosh, I hope that doesn't kind of mess with me too. But it didn't. It was like, I wish I would have known now what I knew when I was a teenager, yeah, to to just surrender all this. Yeah,
2: so really so. The, transit, the journey for you was, like, from an effort, yeah. like, striving, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do this, and, yeah. like, God's going to give me something as a reward right. to, like, right. I can't do this without you, and just this yep. utter dependence. Yep,
6: it was nothing. I thought, you know, I always try to think, I, I want my kids to be saved. That's mm-hmm. my thing. I think about day in and day out. I pray for daily, and I was thinking, maybe something will happen through this mm-hmm. 21 days with that, mm-hmm. and I had no idea this Mm -hmm. But
2: God just said, Steph, I just want you to to lay
6: down. Stop being in control of everything and just let it go. Which is
2: the sum total of basically the entire Christian life. Yeah,
6: exactly. (laughs) Really it is. Exactly. It's the
2: admission that we can't do it on our own. Yep. For starting with, we can't make it to God on our own, but then we can't do anything else without Him. Right, right. It's just a powerful, powerful thing. Thank you so much for sharing. That's so awesome. (laughs) Yeah, let's celebrate that. Tim, let me go ahead and have you guys, you and the worship team, come up. If you want to. Start uh, playing just a little bit. That'd be great. So, last but certainly not least, invite Jen to come on up. Take that. Okay. So, so tell us um, you are. Or, tell us about the history with the dance. Just tell us about that. Like you're, you've been, you own a dance studio, yes. and that was a big part of your life. So, just tell us a little bit about that.
7: Uh, yeah. I, so I have been in dance since I was really little, um, and became a dance teacher when I was 19 years old. I opened a dance studio, I had it for 30 years, and then uh, this past June, I had to make a very difficult decision to close it.
2: Mm-hmm. But so, as and as a dance instructor and as a dancer, you know, it takes a toll on your body. It does, right. There's a lot that goes into that. And so tell us kind of what had happened with your knees through over the years.
7: Right, Uh, well I was born with a slight disability. I have a smaller leg on my right side so I've always had a challenge with back issues and and things but dance has always been a great source to like exercise it and keep it mobile. Uh, So three years ago I injured my right leg uh, torn my meniscus, went to orthopedics. They didn't want to do the surgeries because I was still a dance teacher. I was still active and they thought you're too young. And I thought, well, I'm going to be 50. I'm not too young. Like give me new knees. Uh, so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, then all the wear and tear on that side, I would dance. And I know this sounds really more TMI than anything, but the meniscus would get caught in my knee every time I would dance, and then I'd have to stop. And it was excruciating. It was painful. So I kind of babied that leg and used this leg more. And then before I knew it, this leg was going. Um, The inflammation was huge. Walking was an issue. Um, Everything I loved to do was hard. Mm
2: -hmm. And you had, at the end of the day, you shared with our life group that you would just have... Like excruciating pain, you'd be in tears. Oh,
7: yeah. I just, would scoot up the stairs at yeah. the end of the night, and my husband would laugh at me, going, What are you doing using your bottom? I'm like, My legs hurt so bad. Yeah, like, like
2: a little kid, like when they yeah. do that. But you had to do it. I had to do it. Because of that. And right. So, yeah. And so that was something you you dealt with for a very long time, and just again, as was shared, kind of had to just gut it out, right? right. That's, right. The, that's the thing. And so um, tell us then, kind of, what happened with being, receiving prayer and and all that. So right. you asked for prayer. I did. Well,
7: Jeremy asked for prayer for that. That's yeah. like, <laughs> I forgot about for that. Prayer.
2: Jeremy yeah. voluntold Jen to get prayer. <laughs> I'm
7: kind of humble with pain. right? Like.
2: Yeah, he's like, Jen's going to get prayer tonight for her knees. For her knees, it's going to happen. he didn't want to see you scoot up and down the stairs anymore, know. you know? Yeah. And so yeah. So he voluntold you to get prayer. Yep. And so then we had the privilege, our life group did, of laying hands on you and praying for right. your knees. Yes. And uh, so tell us kind of what it's, what that was like, that experience. Uh, and was... Yeah.
7: That was incredible. Like I've only felt that moment twice when I was 25 and I came to the altar at my church and received Christ as my savior. Mm -hmm. Those two times were very powerful for me. So, um, I remember you praying, Mm -hmm. but I also remember telling Jeremy, as your hands were on me, my knees, like it was strange. Like I felt numb. I, I couldn't feel like what was happening there normally for me to sit I fidget every five seconds Mm -hmm. like it's hard to find a comfortable Mm -hmm. position um and I just remember that moment was uplifting and I felt like when you were praying I remember things that you said and I just kept saying yes yeah yes just hear him it was
2: clearly a powerful time it was and we asked you because I mean we've you know, lots of people over the years have been privileged to pray with lots of people for healing. But uh, I had my hand on one of your knees, your right one, and my wife had her hand on your other knee, your left one. And we were like... Hey, is this normal? Remember that? Because yeah. her knees were like doing this crazy stuff. And I don't know what that was all about. Right. But we were like, what's going on? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> right. And so we're like, well, let's just keep praying. I don't know. It right. seems like it's good probably. <laughs> and, so, it. and so tell us then after that night until now. So that was just a couple weeks ago. Not, right. It was two weeks ago. So tell us since that time to now what's been going on.
7: Um, so the first night, actually, I normally love to sleep on my side. But I toss and turn and toss and turn because if I sleep on my side, then my knees start to ache, and so then I have to stretch them out, and it's very painful. The first night I slept
2: all through the night, all through the no night, no pain, nothing. And then, what's it been like since that night? Um,
7: well, it's been actually every day is great. Like the inflammation on my left side is so minimal; like it's very, very small at this point. Um, but. I'm able to tap again. I remember just standing in the room, like, jumping for me.
2: As in tap dance? Oh, yeah. So, like,
7: yeah, so jumping for me is not easy. And tap dancing is the
2: hardest, most stressful thing on your knees, right? Absolutely. I did not know that, by the way. Jen told me that. (laughs) Yeah. So, so, So have you been able to do that? Yeah, so I'm
7: standing with my six-year-olds, and I'm doing the routine, and all of a sudden, I jump out, and I go, oh, wait, I just did that. And then I, all of a sudden, I have a part where they go down on their knees, and I thought, oh, I'm never going to get back up, and I got right back up.
2: Oh, my gosh. And I thought, yeah.
7: wait a minute. So I walked over, and I stretched a little bit just to make sure that that was okay yeah. and I wasn't doing something I wasn't supposed to do. Yeah. Um, and then I came home to him, and I said, my knees don't hurt. I feel great. And he goes, well, that's awesome. And I said, watch this. I'm going to walk up these stairs, and I'm not even going to hold the railing. And yes. I just went right up these stairs, yeah. and he's standing Come at the bottom on. going, no
2: more scooting. <laughs> That's awesome. Right. Man, let's just continue to give her praise. I'll take from here. Thank you so much for sharing, Jen. Thank you so much. Oh, guys, didn't we say this was going to be a good morning? Now the problem is how are we going to do this the rest of the year on every fifth Sunday? But, hey, we, uh, yeah, why don't you guys just go ahead and stand at this time. We're going to close out with one last song here before we eat. I just want to encourage you, um, you know, the food will be set up and there could potentially be a decent line. And so um, we're going to have everybody stack your chairs after this. Uh, And if you wouldn't, are you going to, you want to share anything else about that? So, okay. And so, but I just want to say too, I will hang out in here. Uh, Clearly I don't need to be first in line for tacos. So I will hang out in here. And if anybody wants prayer, if anybody's like, Hey, I relate to what any of these five people that shared or what Pat shared or uh, anything, if you, if you want prayer for anything, um, you know, personally. And I know Pastor Jordan, I'm sure, would be willing to as well. So we'll make sure that you get prayer. We want this to be a celebration, but also a continuation of what God has done and what he is doing. So let me just pray quickly and then we'll have the worship team lead us in one last song of celebration. Jesus, thank you for all these testimonies this morning from the stuff that's going on in India to Pat, to the five that shared here. In person, and all the ones that we didn't even probably know about and things that you've begun and work in people's hearts. Jesus, this is all about you and you are the one that gets the glory. You are the one who is worthy of it all. We thank you that you are a healer, that you are a restorer, that you are one who makes a way where there seems to be no way, that you are truly the one who makes the impossible possible. Jesus, we just exalt you now and we celebrate in your name. Amen.